Recovering Queen. The Queen Fan Podcast where we talk about and play the songs we love. With Jay, Matt, and Ian. Welcome to Recovering Queen, the Queen podcast where we take a famous or not so famous Queen song, do a cover version of the Queen song, and then talk about what we've learned about the methods and the madness of the greatest band the world has ever seen, Queen. My name's Ian, and with me, as ever, are my fellow co-hosts and Queen fans, Matt and Jay. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening, Ian. Hello. Everything go Good okay? Evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. And which famous or not so famous Queen song are we going to be talking about tonight? The little ditty that is Dear Friends of Sheer Heart Attack. Dear Friends of Sheer Heart Attacks. Yeah, it is a little ditty, isn't it? What an odd song. Hmm. Hmm. Jay, you covered it. Yeah, I've never thought of it as odd. Uh, It is is, is odd, I guess. I I suppose when you actually think about it, have they ever done a song like it? It's um, because it's like it's like a it's like a hymn, I suppose. And it's always it's always struck me as the kind of song that maybe already existed, if that makes sense. Like I thought, did did, I know exactly? Did they lift? Yeah, did did Brian lift this melody off like something that maybe I would have sung at church when I was very young or something like that? Um, Because it felt uh, and and still does feel really really familiar. Um, Yeah, Mm. it's. I'm glad yeah. you called it a hymn because a lot of people describe it as a lullaby, but I think it is a hymn. And I, I remember when we, when singing in the church, for example, you've got that four part harmony thing going on and, and, it, and every single, every single note seems to change chord. Mm. So you've got that, like, like hymns that it's just like every single note has a different chord to it. Mm. Yeah. And it's really similar to that. It's really sort of, um, it's the it's it's very diatonic, so it's all in the same. It's all in the, the notes in the in the scale and everything. So it just it kind yeah. of sticks to it, doesn't it? So it is really hymn-like. Yeah, I think hymn-like is the perfect dis- description, isn't it? Quite mm. short, very, um, very short. Many hymns, very short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not like it's like not, not like um, the. Um, you know, with with the covers, they're getting shorter and shorter every week at the moment as as time is running out. It's like, how long's Bijou? I might have a go at that one next. <laughs> is there anything shorter? Yeah, no, ne- well, next week we're doing Nevermore, which must give this a run for its money, mustn't it? So here's the thing that I think's odd about um, Dear Friends is its placement on the album. Not odd, but almost perfect, isn't it? Is the way that it comes out of Stone Cold Crazy and it really completely changes the mood of the whole album, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it's absolutely well. Cons- As we've said many a time before, Queen know how to order an album and this is an ideal example of that it's a perfect little amuse-bouche for the ears after yeah stone cold crazy and then into what is it misfire yeah is it is it is it a bouche or is it a, a, a palate cleanser palate cleanser yeah that's probably more the, yeah, the correct phrase isn't it <laughs> the battle of the middle class uh, gastronomers <laughs> <laughs> well I, I have no idea what either of you are talking about but uh, uh, I've got a question for you who do you think played the piano on this oh, track that's a, that's a good hmm. one yeah on this track obviously <laughs> there's millions of people who've played the piano Jay I, I that would just, be a ridiculous yeah, question I just, yeah, it, it is and I just suddenly had a thought that uh, Elton John plays piano so it might be him uh, is it is it 
It's not Brian the way you're saying it. It can't be. So, Freddie? It's good. Well, I, I immediately think it is Brian, but the way you've asked the question makes me think, is, is it John? Roger? <laughs> Roy Thomas Baker? Mike Stone? <laughs> no, Jay was right, Elton John. No, it's not. It's, no, not. it's, it's, it's Brian, it's, surely. It, it's, it's Brian, yeah. And and we've learned this little trick before about how you know it's Brian. Uh, how do you think you know it's Brian on piano? I don't, I don't want to fear, oh, appear there. silly here by getting the wrong answer. Can you give me a clue? <laughs> it's the way he uses his left hand as opposed to the way that Freddie uses it. What does he do with his left hand? Is he just doing the bass well, it, notes? Yeah, he, he tends to do sort of broken chords. So unlike Freddie, who kind of does the octaves, Brian ah, sort of yeah. breaks up the chord in the in the left hand, which is which is a good way of telling. So, but but it's definitely Brian on piano. Yeah, ah, that's 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 mm. interesting to know. I, it annoyed me like heck trying to play it because I, I I'm not brilliant at the piano, and so I had to do. The, it, it is it, it does a lot of the chords do consist of four notes at all times, and yeah, I had to do like um, you know a three part, and they should just add another note afterwards. It's very unsatisfying as a musician playing something like that. But um, yeah, it gets the job done, I guess. You know, and props to Brian. You know, he's he's a good pianist in his own right. Yeah, it's it's a good, it's a nice piece of piano. It's it's also apparently on the brown Beckstein. Mm. So it's not the Hey Jude piano and it's not the Bohemian Rhapsody piano, but it's one very similar. <laughs> All right, interesting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what was played on but the uh, the blue Beckstein, Matt? Do you know that? Uh, the blue mm. Beckstein. Crikey. Yeah. Uh, I, w- was there a blue Beckstein? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh the, sorry, it, the, the purple the, Beckstein. Is, is it nothing? Is nothing the correct answer? Uh, no, the, the, it's just a riddle. A riddle that I made up. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> if a riddle is the right word. News just in, newsflash, newsflash. It's actually the sixth shortest Queen track ever. You know, we, we posed that question earlier on. Cast oh. your minds back to about two to three minutes ago. Is that mm-hmm. somebody just tweeted it? Uh, yeah, just had a, li- a live tweet. It's the sixth shortest, apparently. Oh, right. Oh, good. Yeah, so what's what's, that, what's the shortest? It's got to be our Flash, presumably. Oh, we're we counting Flash. I suppose we should, yeah. Well, it is a Queen album, <laughs> containing Queen songs. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, it's definitely counted in the 180 songs that we've said we're going to cover. Yeah, okay, about that, Matt. We need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's just we're good. Talk about that so Jay can make the announcement. That we are going to cover all 180 odd Queen songs over the course of the well, podcast. Well, well, listen, to, to get the, listen in. We've been talking about this, and 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 we were thinking that we should definitely do wall 180. Yes, I agree, Jay. There's no need for us to reiterate that anymore. I agree with Wouldn't you. Wouldn't it be a great idea to get some more? input from our listeners that's what we were discussing to get a few a few a few more bits and bobs you know it doesn't even have to be the whole thing um it could be some singing or some guitar work or some backing some drums or keyboard work could be anything but we'd we'd love wouldn't we to get involved with other people uh and to get people more involved because the ones that we have done and uh and some of them haven't we haven't actually put out yet have we um but but they're Mm, they're a lot of fun aren't they and it's it's just great to get uh people's different takes on on you know covering queen so Mm -hmm. absolutely and the guest appearances that we've had have been nothing uh nothing short of total joy so Mm. I assume um, anyone else joining in would, uh, you know, get similar results. So, yes, listeners, uh, 
do uh, get in touch if you're a, a budding singer or musician and you fancy appearing on the show with a cover of your own or a part of a cover, just a guest, a guest spot. Uh, make suggestions for tracks you'd like to do. Obviously, don't pick ones we've already done, but anything from the... Uh, what's it, 140 or so we've got left, are all fair game. So do get in touch at Recovering Queen on the Twitter. Now, back to Dear Friends. It is classic Brian May, though, isn't it? Classic Brian May melancholia song. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a sweet little um, kind of uh, lyric, isn't it, really? It's just about friendship. It's almost a precursor to friends will be friends <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like it's, done in a be- much better way but but as ever with brian it has got that maybe yeah maybe it's the, the melody and the arrangement the hymn like as we said before hymn like arrangement that's in there that does give it that kind of brian-esque doom and gloom feel oh, well some, something's horrible's happened hasn't it something horrible has happened and it's a friend consoling a friend about something mm. horrible a, a, a love lost but it's like, hey, but you've got your friend here and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I like it. It's it's super simple, isn't it, really, as a, as a, as a track? It, yeah. Super simple. Really fits on the album in between the, the noise and the chaos of, uh, of Sheer House. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I fell in love with Queen uh, right from the off, actually, is that you never know what you're going to get on an album. And I'd never heard bands trying out new genres. I think they do it all the time these days. But, you know, back back in when I was starting to listen to these albums, which I guess was in the early 80s, you didn't hear bands just trying to do, trying their hand at different genres. And if they did, it would be terrible. But Queen were always so fantastic at being um, able to turn their hand, you know, to so many different genres that, you know, and again, this was so unexpected. And that's why I loved Hot Space. It was not that this is about Hot Space, although I do try and bring it onto Hot Space nearly every opportunity I can. Um, <laughs> of course. But, but you know, they is, is there another band? I mean, there's the Beatles a little bit, but I don't think there's any band that would do a hymn, you know, and then, then a crazy punk track and then, you know, some sort of musical track. I mean, they're, they're surely brilliant just on that level alone. Well, the three tracks that this is in the middle of, where you've got you've got Stone Cold Crazy, which is perhaps one of the greatest rock songs of all time, almost sets up. You could argue that that's maybe one of the first grunge tracks of all time, and then you've mm. got John Deacon's really naughty Misfire mm. right afterwards. So it's it's like a really brilliant set of three tracks next to each other. Sheer Heart Attack is it's it's part of Sheer Heart Attack's utter joy, isn't it? That there's yeah. this real mix of tracks and they're really i guess sheer heart attack is the first time you hear queen stretching their kind of genre bending capabilities and this is definitely part of it it's like hey i know we've just invented grunge but here's a hymn yeah Yeah. how about that absolutely (laughs) and and yeah absolutely right jay that that for me that is why i love queen Mm. is the fact that they're not a one-trick pony they're not like other really great bands that I love that are one-trick ponies. Like compare it to Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath are an amazing band, but it's it's essentially one trick, yeah. isn't it? If you can do something yeah. well, you can make a career out of music. If you can do one genre well, you can make a career out of music. But Queen, what, they mastered 10? I mean, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, well they, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the Beatles. I mean, that's why I always think Queen are the ultimate sort of successors to the Beatles. And I, and I don't really understand why that's not said more often. But they are clearly the 70s Beatles, aren't mm. they? They're, yeah. they're doing a very similar thing. I mean, the Beatles did it first, to be fair. They did all that musical and different styles and inventing lots of genres on the way. 
but uh, Queen certainly took the baton off them. Mm. And I can't but, think of another band that really did. When you when you grow up with Queen and Queen are kind of the first band and stay the first band, you know, that the, you're obsessed with, I've al- almost always taken it for granted. And it's probably taken this project and recently listening to more Queen again to kind of realise that that is the case. Because I just state, oh, that's just Queen. Queen do that. Yeah, they do this song, that song. There's no real... Um, as you say, not one single trick that they do, but I just accepted it for, mm. you know, for the first 40 years of me listening to Queen as that's just what they do. And I almost didn't notice that, yeah, there's a grunge song followed by a hymn mm. and then um, John Deacon's whatever misfire is, pop, pop mm. kind mm. of kind of thing. But it all sounds um, like Queen though, doesn't it? It all sounds like Queen. Mm. Yeah, It's not like it's incongruent. The word no, that no. we use quite a lot on the podcast, yeah. I know, but it's it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's like jumping from one thing to other, or or, or it's an album made by lots of different people. Well, it's a funny one, dear friends, because it sounds like a song that would have been sung by Brian. So it's always a slight surprise to hear Freddie on it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's got that real all dead, all dead kind of understated Brian vocal, but this one, it's Freddie. So I just wonder. Is there a Brian version out there somewhere? Because I imagine that would be equally as good as we've, you know, said before. Brian's perfect singer at these kind of well, melancholic Bri- songs. Yeah. Brian definitely does all the backing vocals, so he's doing a lot of singing on it. Right. But yeah, what is is Freddie then just doing Brian's vocal? Yeah. And it's just better. And there's there's a track somewhere with that vocal on it. I'd love to hear that because it, you know we had the all dead all dead comparison and we kind of came mm. to the conclusion that we we preferred the the Brian version maybe through you know familiarity but it would be fascinating if there was a a dear friend sung by Brian out there i'm sure it would not disappoint in any way yeah there i mean the freddy vocal on this one is really good though it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant yeah yeah absolutely I just love the way he says certain words as well. He sort of really puts some kind of weird emphasis on certain words and he just brings out the the kind of meaning of the lyrics just so yeah. much, so brilliantly. It's, it's not showy either, is it? I think no, that's what we were saying about late, All Dead, All back. Dead. It was yeah. it was just a bit too much on that, whereas this one, it's really captured the the atmosphere and the and the sadness and the and the joy in the song as well. No. I mean, uh, did it, did they play it live? No, no live performances, as far as we know. No, like little sessions or anything. Yeah. No. So. Strictly, is is this got to be one of the most fans only mm. songs in the catalogue? As we keep referring them to, although it Can't... is on the five live EP. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Right, oh, fair play. Strike that then. So well, yeah, so more people will have well, heard it. Well, yeah, so yeah, but I mean, how many people would have taken that and listened to it? I don't know. It seems like a collector's item that Five Live EP, even though it did go to number one. <laughs> yeah, well, but, there we uh, go. Yeah. yeah, so no live performances. Yeah, an oft, a not very often heard Queen track, but a beautiful song. This was an exercise in recording for me. This is one of the first ones when we were in lockdown last year that I tried to put down. And I went back to it recently to uh, finish it off for the, for this week's podcast. And and it was all over the place. As in the timing of the piano, I just punched it in. And I think, yes, you can get away with that if you're Freddie or, you know, you're doing take my breath away and it's just you and the piano and you're playing you you can play it at any you know how you feel you can be expressive with the time signature when you're uh 
when you're reco- recording it and you're not doing that, you so need it to be on time. You so need it to be on time. As I was putting down the backing vocals, because it wasn't the piano wasn't exactly on the beat. I had, I had enormous trouble with it. And uh, it, yeah, it was, I, I just thought it was interesting to bring that up for people out there that, are, you know, are doing their own recordings because it's something that I struggled with probably about three or four months until you guys said, look, you, you've got to put these things on the beat. You, mm. You've got to make sure right from the start, the bass, the drums, uh, in, in this case, the piano, it, it's right on those beat bars because if you don't, you, you you may you may be okay now, but once you've layered that all up with tracks, you're going to end up in a right old mess, and you won't even be able to tell what on earth is is going on with the track and why it doesn't sound very good. And so this for me was one of those um, tracks where I first yeah I first started thinking yeah this needs to be in time. Although it's not a great example because it is only piano and um, vocals, but anyway, it, it's mm. it's a point I wanted to bring up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weirdly, I'm sort of moving back away from it again. <laughs> but I think it's it's yeah, I know what you mean about the grid, but you do you do lose something, don't you, a little bit? Mm. Because I think this song, if you, I mean, your version's really good. I really love. I really, really, version, really, yeah. really like it. And but, I, yeah, I swing from it's the modern music is done to the grid, and and lots of people moan that it's lost something as a result that you don't get this push and pull like you do you know that the main people that whinge about it are the you know old 70s rock fans who love van halen albums and the way that they speed up and slow down i mean you've li- you listen to someone like keith moon it's all over the shop timing wise mm. but that's kind of the appeal mm, yeah. of um and the Rolling Stones is a classic one. That the, the 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 beats per minute is like considerably higher at the end of each track than it was when it started, because Charlie Watts is just basically speeding up for the entire track. <laughs> yeah, the Police as well with their choruses, wasn't it? Always yeah. like about five beats faster than the verse. Yeah, and and I know that Coldplay when they record, they 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 deliberately put in. They, they actually stretch the grid so that often the choruses are speeding up and things like that just to give it that extra push. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. that is interesting. And and I have a confession to make. It was it was still out of time and I left it. <laughs> but but it did make me think about some of the other tracks uh, where it was really important to do. So I, I just wanted to talk about it for for people out there, uh, you know, doing similar things to what we're doing. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's but it, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely easier to do it to the grid because you're not you can do lots of separate parts on your own and not worry and not worry about and you can have the click track like queuing you in. But re- yeah, re- there's nothing beats recording as a band without the click track and seeing each other and so you can do those stabs all at the same time, but you know, yeah. we don't have that luxury, do we? No. No, no, no. And no. it's certainly not the modern way of recording on the whole. No. So um, have we got to the scores time yet, Ian? I definitely I, I, think, I, I think I we're think on we're, scores we're here. We're definitely at the scores, scores time now. So for the uh, the sweet hymnal ditty, dear friends, Matt, what are you giving it? Oh, this is tough. Mm. I was hoping you, you two were going to go first here. Um, I mean, it's a really lovely track, but it's hardly, it's hardly one that's going to set the world on fire. So I... Th- is five a bit too harsh? Is it, it? It's kind of in the middle of the Queen catalogue. Yeah, that's what I'm but, struggling with. 
but as in it's not it's not a track that I'm going to stick on and go yes dear friends <laughs> but no. but it, it is it but it is a track that's brilliant when you're listening to the whole album see this is what yeah. makes it really mm-hmm. difficult because as a as a track it doesn't stand on its own but as an album track where you're painting an entire picture it really does so in context of the whole album and how well sheer heart attack works i'm going to give it a six mm. yeah yeah now, six seems seems too generous somehow but i know yeah, exactly where you're but coming it, from but what else can you do because it, yeah. it works on the album it, as a standalone track it's got to be five but yeah that that's not what its purpose is its purpose no. is to is to make the album work so i'm going to go with yeah. six so i'm going to go with five for the exact same reasons <laughs> <laughs> so jay you did the cover what um did you uh does it give you a greater appreciation for it well it, you know i this is this is what i would consider to be an enigma track and I, I think matt summed it up really well there because it is it's an album track that you really need on there it wouldn't be the same it, it's not filler but it's it is cleanse palating it's a beautiful mm. track but you, yeah, you you don't feel right giving it a high score somehow, and and I don't know why because it is, it is a, it is a good track. But yeah, I think six is the highest I could give it too. I I, I so want to disagree as well, you know, and and give it a one <laughs> or a ten, but uh, just just to get the get something different. But yeah, it's it's strong six, strong six. There we go. So here it is, Jay's version of Dear Friends. So, dear friends, the love is lost Only tears to dwell upon I dare not say as the wind must blow So a love is lost Start anew, and there'll be no 